From Schwartz Media, I'm Beth Atkinson Quinton. This is 7am. For most of the past year, the coalition government has faced criticism over its treatment of women. Now, a former Liberal MP has added fuel to the fire, lashing a culture of sexism and bullying in the Liberal Party. His response was to sort of drag me through this sort of sexist spectrum narrative that I was this weak, over-emotional woman to the, the bully bitch. And accusing a Cabinet Minister of sexual harassment. I think it's symptomatic of what we've seen. It's just sort of the pinnacle of what uh, that culture, that entrenched culture is. Today, columnist for the Saturday paper, Paul Bongiorno, on the latest allegations levelled against the Morrison government and why there seems to be no consequences. And a warning, this episode contains descriptions of sexual harassment. Paul, this week the government came under fire yet again over accusations of sexist bullying. What kicked this off? Well, Beth, former Liberal MP Julia Banks released a new book on Wednesday called Power Play. It's really her story of a lifelong commitment to gender equity long before she got into politics. It's really a forceful feminist manifesto. And it's in this context that she speaks of her shock about the way she was treated when she became a member of the federal parliament. And given the spectacular revelations this year about the treatment of women in the Liberal Party, well, there was a lot of media and public interest in Banks's story. Tell me about that story. Who is Julia Banks? Well, Julia Banks is the daughter of Greek immigrants that fostered in her a burning ambition to make something of herself. She forged a career as a successful lawyer and businesswoman, and even there she documents how she came up against barriers of misogyny and battling to break into a boys' club world. Then, in her early 50s, inspired by the agenda of then-Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull, she answered a Victorian Liberal Party call for more women to come forward for pre-selection and she was pre-selected for the Victorian marginal seat of Chisholm, previously held for a long time by the Labor Party. And even though a redistribution had made the seat more favourable for the Liberals, the party machine thought winning it was probably too tough an ask. But Banks became the only Liberal candidate to win a seat from Labor in 2016. The Honourable Member for Chisholm. Thank you, Mr Speaker. The only bright spot, I've got to tell you, in an election that saw the Turnbull government lose a swag of seats and come close to defeat. Mr Speaker, women represent roughly 50% of the people of Chisholm, as in the Australian population. However, women are not equally represented in leadership positions, in business, politics or in our communities. Well, Julia Banks came into some prominence with her tough questioning of witnesses in the parliamentary inquiry into the banking system. You refer to a lost decade and, uh, however, in that lost decade, we've seen systemic, serious failures in the finance sector that has done a lot of harm to a lot of Australians. But then in 2018, there were rumblings that the party's right in Victoria was preparing to challenge her in the next pre-selections. 
Uh, it was a move that uh, they were planning against a lot of moderates like her, in fact. Okay, so Julia Banks is elected in 2016, but only a couple of years later, she's already facing a lot of pressure from the Liberal Party's right wing. So what happened? Well, in August 2018, there was the leadership coup, uh, as I said, against Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull. Good evening. Malcolm Turnbull is hanging on as Prime Minister tonight, but only just after narrowly surviving a snap leadership vote. Mr Turnbull... Turnbull resigned after a spill motion was successfully moved against him by the party's right to make way for Peter Dutton. That was the plan. So, look, thank you all very much, and uh, I wish you all the best, and above all, I wish uh, the new... Uh, Prime Minister-elect, uh, the very best, and, and his team. Thank you. Thank you. Well, in the ensuing leadership vote between Peter Dutton, Scott Morrison and Julie Bishop, Banks supported Bishop. And we all know Bishop didn't win. Good afternoon. As you're all aware, there was a ballot conducted in the party room for the leadership of the Liberal Party. The successful candidate was Scott Morrison, and he won this vote by 45 votes to 40 for Peter Dutton. Morrison, in a shrewd play, came through the middle and was elected party leader to then become Prime Minister. Banks said that was the last straw and she said she was quitting at the next election. She felt as though her brand of moderate liberal politics was slowly erased from the party. And a couple of months later, she made an even more dramatic announcement she spectacularly quit the Liberal Party to sit as an independent, pushing the Morrison government further into minority status. Speaker, equal representation of men and women in this parliament is an urgent imperative which will create a culture change. There's the blink well, when she quit, she gave a blistering speech about the culture in the Liberal Party and how right-wing it had become. Often, when good women call out or are subjected to bad behaviour, the reprisals, backlash and commentary portrays them as the bad ones. The liar, the troublemaker, the emotionally unstable or weak, or someone who should be silenced. To those who say politics... She had been relatively quiet for the last couple of years until she returned this week to unleash on the Morrison government and level an extraordinary claim of sexual harassment against a serving cabinet minister. We'll be back in a moment. The Every Moment Matters campaign provides accurate, evidence-based information and advice about alcohol, pregnancy and breastfeeding. It has been created by the Foundation for Alcohol Research and Education and endorsed and funded by the Australian Government. Alcohol use during pregnancy can lead to Fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorder, or FASD, a lifelong disability. So make the moment you start trying the moment to stop drinking. Visit everymomentmatters.org.au to find out more. For long-time editor Winnie Dunn, there were a few rules she followed when writing her debut novel. I really don't subscribe to writing for the sake of, you know, trauma dumping or getting your trauma out. That's what a therapist is for. Please, <laughs> please go see a therapist. We're very pro-therapy. Yeah, yeah, if, that's, no. if that's what you're using writing for. I'm Michael Williams, and on this week's very therapeutic episode of Read This, I chat with Winnie Dunn. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Paul, 
Can you tell me what Julia Banks revealed about her time as a politician in the Liberal Party? Well, Beth, we got a lot of detail when Banks sat down for a primetime interview with 7.30's Laura Tingle on Monday night. Julia Banks, you had a lot of experience in both the corporate and legal world before you got into politics, and your book reflects that. There's been some... She told her version of events about the period of her departure from the Liberal Party and the way she was treated by Scott Morrison. Morrison called and he said straight away, you know, Julia, you can't do this, you can't do this statement now, you know, um, you have to delay it a couple of months. And I said, well, Scott, I'm going now, I'm not delaying it a couple of months. Well, at least wait until, you know, um, the next sitting week. And I said, no, Scott, I'm making, I can't lie to my, my, my staff, my constituents, my family, you know, I'm going to make this announcement now. She said that Morrison was desperate to stop her announcing she was going to leave at the next election. Banks told Laura Tingle that Morrison called and said, you can't do this, you can't make this statement now. And he said, Julia, I am the Prime Minister. And I remember thinking, <laughs> I think I said something along the lines of, I know who you are, Scott, but... Um, and uh, he said, look, just give me 24 hours. And I said, all right, OK, 24 hours fine. And that was my first mistake. She said the Prime Minister was very heavy-handed in attempting to keep her in Parliament. And then he and his Treasurer, Josh Reidenberg, had earlier made this offer to me, you know, we can take you away from all of this. We can send you to, as the United Nations delegate to New York, uh, three months, all expenses paid. And that was clearly to get me out of the parliament. Um, and well, according to Banks, Morrison was desperate to try and keep her in the tent and made all sorts of offers. But when he couldn't buy her off or enforce her silence, Morrison's office and colleagues, she says, embarked on a media campaign of negative backgrounding. She says Morrison was like a menacing, controlling wallpaper. Morrison the most powerful man in the country. Well, he was, I, I describe him as like a menacing, controlling wallpaper. He was either... <laughs> Not a bad image. It only served to steal her resolve and she quit the Liberals banging the door as she went. You know, at that time I thought, I've, you know, I'm challenging him and that was his response. His response was to sort of drag me through this sort of sexist spectrum narrative that I was this weak, um, over-emotional woman to the, the, the bully bitch, you know, that, that narrative was played all the way through that three months. You know, I had planned... Now, Morrison's office denies her version of the Prime Minister's conversations and says he was unaware of any inappropriate behaviour. Okay, so Julia Banks did eventually leave the Liberal Party and then the Parliament altogether, but what about this allegation of sexual harassment, Paul? What did she say about that? Well, Banks told a story about the time she and her colleagues were crowded into a room in the ministerial wing waiting for a late-night crucial vote. Uh, I was um, sitting on a couch talking to an, uh, another MP and then a... Um, cabinet minister sat on my right and he um, sort of did that sort of flippant, how are you, and then put his hand on my knee and 
ran it up my leg, on the upper part of my leg, and then walked away. She says she froze and walked away and told another woman MP what had happened. I walked, walked away, went over to where the drinks and snacks were and said to this other um, female MP, stay, can you stay talking to me um, because he made a move on me. And I sort of said... She didn't name the Cabinet Minister, but she did say it was in front of the whole room and it made her wonder how this minister would act towards other, more vulnerable women where the power dynamic was skewed in his favour. You know, if that's happened to me, um, where there's pretty minimal power disparity, um, you know, and imagine, you can only imagine what happens to people who don't have that sort of power uh, parity, if you like. And it's interesting how similar the story Banks told was the story of Brittany Higgins. Higgins described a very similar culture of trying to control the narrative and cover up the situation, and how that was more important than actually creating a safe environment for women. This whole narrative, um, which is what he's very good at, controlling the narrative, and this whole narrative about me being this weak petal that hadn't coped with coup week, and that's the reason I was leaving, was the narrative that they had created and that he was complicit, absolutely complicit in um, when he did that first presser. And ultimately, it's why she says she left the parliament. She said that Morrison was trying to silence her and wanted her out of the way. It's about leadership and it's about accountability and and we haven't seen that uh, to date despite everything that's happened in 2021. But what this is highlighting is that Parliament is a toxic workplace and it's actually worse than other workplaces. And Julia Banks, in making this point, sheets home a lot of the blame at the boys' club culture of the Liberal Party. For as long as we don't have that critical mass and gender equal leadership in our government, I really don't believe uh, we will get um, you know, good policy, good sound policy, and certainly we won't get a healthy workplace culture in, in federal parliament. Paul, thanks for your time. Thanks, Beth. Lovely to work with you. Bye. As a a 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read Post, a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points. Sign up at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. Also in the news today, New South Wales recorded a further 38 locally acquired COVID-19 cases on Thursday, as the federal government has announced the state will receive 300,000 extra doses of Pfizer and AstraZeneca vaccines to help control the growing COVID-19 outbreak. And the Morrison government has rejected a request from the Marshall Islands to phase out coal power ahead of an upcoming United Nations meeting on Australia's human rights record this week. It's one of a number of requests from countries calling on Australia to overhaul its approach to human rights. 
7am is a daily show from the monthly and the Saturday paper. It's produced by Al Marsh, Michelle Macklem, Cinnamon Nippard, Kara Jensen McKinnon, and Alex Gow. Our senior producer is Ruby Schwartz, and our technical producer is Atticus Basto. Brian Compo mixes the show. Our editor is Osman Faruqi. Eric Jensen is our editor in chief. Our theme music is by Ned Beckley and Josh Hogan of Envelope Audio. New episodes of 7am are released every weekday morning. Follow in your favourite podcast app to make sure you don't miss out. I'm Beth Atkinson Quinton. See you next week. Listener.